Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you're pushing it, buddy. You push it. You want me to run you? I'll run you. Well, you want me to call you a cocksucker? Go ahead. You want me to try call, call me a cocksucker? Pretty call me a please cocksucker bed. and you're out Pretty of here. Call me a cocksucker and you're out of here. Sucker. You're, You're a, a cocksucker. I've never seen Crash so angry. And frankly, sports fans, he used a certain word that's a no-no with umpires. Crash must have called the guy a cocksucker. Mmm, God, he's so romantic. Welcome to the Lazard Cat. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the first ever off-season Mazodcast. And it's a very special Mazodcast today because it's our recruiting edition. Colin, how did you spend a very special signing day? Well, um, this, like most days, I uh, went to the animal shelter with my wife. We adopted a rescue dog. Um, we forced it to make us uh, watch us make love, and then we returned it, claiming that it bit one of our children. Okay, Brian, how's your national signing day? I went down and uh, strong-armed Drew, Drew Locke and signing with the Missouri Tigers. Did you? Yeah. I feel like that had been done some time ago, but I'm glad to hear that you uh, sealed the deal. Well, now people tell me. Yeah, I just uh, sat in a closet with some Jurgens and listened to the radio Well, the uh, as the uh, faxes came in. By strong arm, uh, Brian means he gave him a hand job. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> so uh, let me introduce myself. I am Brendan Steenbergen, host of the Mazodcast. With me, as always, is Colin Steenbergen, who is the goal line offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks. Glad to be here. And with us, as always, or with us as sometimes, is the Scottsdale Community College Artichokes head coach, Brian Goers. Great to be here on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, your team has heart. Yes, yes. Artichoke heart. We have much of that. Not a whole lot of talent, but we got the heart. You know what, you guys, you're going you're gonna to put together a few wins. I have faith in you. Yeah. Let's get to the recruiting trail. The Tigers had a really big day this year. Really big year this day. So as boring as it may sound, I guess we'll just go through the recruiting class, uh, one after the other, like we were some other... Do we have to do that? Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Recruits that I'm sure are going to be great tigers, but we all just want to talk about Terry Beckner Jr. Let's be I, honest. I know, but let's 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 just go through it quick. Colin, let's just admit you want to lick an 18 year old's salty bicep. Well, uh, 300 yes. pound, six foot four bicep. I do, I do. I'm not I'm not going to debate that, Brendan. I, I don't <laughs> feel like that's topic we we should talk about here. I know you want to walk through point by point each single uh, recruit, but let's just talk about Terry Beckner's biceps. All right, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> if you want to mean have an erection, the entire podcast will start there. I didn't necessarily want it, but I expect it. <laughs> so, um, I no, you know what? We can talk about um, the recruits. We had how many recruits did the Tigers have? Actually, I think twenty-two total. I I should probably know that, being as we're going to do a recruiting roundup show. But I'm yeah, I think, think I heard twenty-two. I like that kind of preparation. I think one of the things to talk about though is there was actually one of the people who didn't sign on last minute was uh, was it Brandon Martin? 
um, who was expected to sign with the Tigers, who had committed to the Tigers, decommitted on National Signing Day via Twitter with the hashtag decommitted. And so, uh, as people are apt to do, they uh, sent the uh, 17, 18-year-old kid a lot of hate tweets. Which, <laughs> right, right. which some people discourage. I, you know, I, I think it's probably bad form. But it gives me a lot of faith in humanity that people <laughs> put so much. Where, he went to LSU, is that right? He did end up going to LSU, yeah. So he's still a Tiger. Maybe he was just confused all along. He, yeah. he wanted to be a Tiger, yeah. and he still is. Let's, let's be honest. None of these kids are geniuses. Um, no, they're not there because of their GPA. In fact, some of them are literally not there <laughs> because, because of, of their, their GPA. GPA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go next. I and mean, we're not going to do all the recruits, obviously. We're not going to go through all 22 of them. Because um, we kill ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, we'll go over to the bigger names, the four-star guys, uh, one particular five-star guy. But one of the guys that wasn't a four- or five-star that I wanted to bring up was uh, Corey Fatoni from Franklin, Tennessee, 5'11", 185, a punter, a two-star punter. We recruited and gave a scholarship to a punter. I found it, that strange. It's been a long time since Missouri has put uh, uh, you know, scholarship money behind a leg, and uh, maybe it's shown. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> you know, um, we've gotten, I think, the most one can get out of the great Andrew Baggett. Well, I feel I feel like if this guy could be just a third of Andrew Baggett, we've struck gold. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Andrew Baggett was probably one of the top MVPs of the last season when we won the SEC East, I would say. Now, he is a punter, but they do mention that he um, is also could also be considered a kicker. He, does, he did kick, obviously, in high school, um, but they said primarily uh, punting is his long suit. So to speak, that's got to be the best position to get a scholarship for. Absolutely, you know? like, what do you best. Do? As I just a, kick a football from time to time. Yeah. Not the best for pulling tail, I would imagine. Like, True, that would hurt him. I no, mean, but he, I don't know because you could still say, "Oh, I'm on the football team." You see, that's what I was getting at. You're imagine you're at a bar. Imagine you're you know 19 years old. You got your fake ID. You're at the bar. You're at the field house. You're talking to a girl. Assuming that they even speak to each other now. I just assume on Tinder they just literally have sex. Right. <laughs> uh, but you said, can you say with a straight face, yeah, I play on the football team? Or do you do you just cringe with embarrassment? Your face turns red and you're like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm not a liar. I don't want to. I'm, I don't really play football. I kick. Well, see, you, you summed it up, though, because on Tinder what they're going to do is he's just going to put his – picture in a football outfit right and he's done well like, uh, he doesn't have to say anything else actually true. on twitter on re um on recruiting on signing day they had a picture of this young man when from his visit with mu and he literally in his photo with a mizzou jersey on had his arms up flexing his biceps right so, which there i found go. incredibly ironic, ironic. tinder photo he's yeah. gonna use that as his tinder photo. Boom. yeah it is interesting that he would flex his arms as a kicker. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to flex your leg for the camera, you know? Show off your quads. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next is a Richard Floyd out of Gulfport, Mississippi. He's an ESPN four-star wide receiver, which is something we need awfully bad. 5'11", 172 are his measurables. Um, we definitely need a... Uh, help in the wide receiver core. Oh, man, there's going to be a lot of starting positions open for wide receivers this year. Every single starter we had at the wide receiver position has graduated, and so and we were short from last year. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for young guys to make good on the, um, catching horrible Matty Mock passes. I'd say year. the biggest notable for this young man is it says here he runs a 4 Uh-huh. That is fast for those of you that don't know football. Uh-huh. And if you don't, I don't know why you'd be listening to this. <laughs> but, yeah. 
that's uh that's something. Actually, if you do know football, I don't know why you would be listening to this. Next, uh, linebacker Therese Hall, another guy that I've heard a lot about. Uh, people are excited about. 6'3", 205 pounds, out of Martin Luther King High School in Georgia. Uh, he is a three-star recruit across the board, but the coaches uh, identified him and said that he's mean. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I hope it's mean like on a football field and not mean like I beat my girlfriend. <laughs> well, yeah, it's possible. So... Yeah, you know, one of the things I found interesting about, not necessarily him in general, but... As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. The fact that Pinkle has really gone to SEC country to start recruiting this year. Um, another Georgia kid signs on. I think this was the first year in I don't know how long that we don't have a Texas recruit. Yeah, I on, noticed that on on this recruiting class. Uh, but but Georgia produces a lot of talent, mm. and especially around the Atlanta area. And uh, Tigers are making good on that. Another area we need a lot of help, the O-line, A.J. Harris, 6'3", 295 at uh, Stillwell, Kansas. He's a four-star recruit. Uh, he, we beat out a fellow SEC team, Arkansas, for his committal, along with several Big 12 teams. I believe he was the number one recruit in the state of Kansas, and um, yes, I, I think he led to a trend where, for the first time maybe ever, Missouri picked up the number one recruit from Kansas, the number one recruit from Missouri, and Illinois, and the number one recruit from Illinois. We swept our region, uh, which is a big coup for Pinkle, and it means a lot for the recruiting future of this program. Yeah, especially when he was recruited by Ohio State, Kansas State, Nebraska, uh, a lot of Big Ten schools, Iowa, Illinois, Arkansas, like you mentioned. From Scottsdale Community College, were they looking at him? Were the artichokes looking? We were looking at him, and you know, we just thought that we shouldn't waste our time on somebody who had talent. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's not even waste our time. Um, yeah, so kind of the big deal. I'd like to beat out the uh, other Kansas schools for, for his services. School. It's just Kansas State. <laughs> yeah, is there All another right. football team in Kansas? Mm, Wichita State. Oh, maybe. that's right. Yeah, Wichita yeah, State. Yeah, that must be what Colin was talking about. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one. Uh, another guy that we're going to need badly because um, I believe Sean Culkin is essentially worthless, and that's Josh Moore. He's a tight end out of Olathe, Kansas, another Kansas Steel. Uh, 6'5", 250. Big, yeah. big. I have a feeling that that tight end spot is up for grabs. Like, it, I don't think... Culkin walks into camp and it's his. I think I, he's got to earn it. I don't think he's done anything to earn that sort of consideration, no. certainly. I think you have to say he was a disappointment last year. And, and, and there's a lot of kids who can take over if, if if he continues to lay an egg in early practice. Well, I think we talked about it during the, the year that I feel like Culkin was just the best of a bad situation. We kind of Everybody kind of assumed he'd be okay because 
hey, he's the top of the depth chart, so he must be good, right? But I think Mizzou just didn't have much depth at tight end, which is a position that traditionally, dating all the way back to, like, um, what, Kellen Winslow, that we've had a pretty strong tradition of tight ends, and Colkin does not necessarily fit that tradition. Yeah, not the mold. No, so. but Moore is recruited by Auburn and Florida State, a little bit by Georgia, Nebraska, Ohio State, TCU, so highly coveted and for him to pick Missouri over some of those schools. Yep, several several recruits out of St. Louis, Kansas City as well. I like, I like how um, uh, Gary's doing a job of uh, kind of uh, locking up the borders. Um, Nate Howard is out of St. Uh, St. Louis. He is a defensive end out of St. Louis. So 6'5", 225, big, strong, athletic, uh, hopefully a replacement for a Golden and or Ray on the outside. Another, another guy who uh, hopefully will continue that proud defensive line tradition at Mizzou. A couple of names that everybody's going to know right off the bat, whether you're a big Mizzou fan or not. And that's one of the highest-rated recruits. We have a four-star, uh, five-star, and some smaller recruiting outlets. And that's Drew Locke, who uh, you guys might know from the Elite 11 QB show that Trent Dilfer does on ESPN. Drew Locke from Lee Summit, Missouri, is going to be a Tiger and hopefully going to supplant Manny Mock sooner rather than later. <laughs> People have a lot of hope for Drew Locke. He's the, he's, his dad played for the Tigers. He's been a he signed on early with us. He's helped recruit other players. He's got all the looks. He's much the way Blaine Gabbard did. He's got the measurables of just the prototypical quarterback, which Tigers haven't always had. Haven't always worked out when they have had them. Yeah, six three and a six three and a half two oh five. You when you look at him, you can see he's still a kid. There's a lot of there's a lot of muscle that could still be put on that frame, but. Um, I heard, uh, I don't know, one of the guys from the local radio station said that uh, what stood out from him was just like frozen rope throws. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's I'm not used fun to, to listen. Those. <laughs> no, I'm used to ball being lobbed uh, 40 yards down the field. <laughs> as hard as I was on Maddie all throughout the season, I feel like, you know, he was a sophomore. There is potential there that he can get better. I still feel like he's kind of a rockhead, but yeah, he's got the, ex- he's had a lot of experience now. He's he's a known commodity. You know exactly what you're getting with him. He's got a good decent arm. Bad. He's good. He's you know he's a mobile quarterback. Uh, he makes know. bad decisions, but he's a playmaker. You know. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we'll see. I think part of it too with Maddie looked really good as a freshman because he's throwing to giant wide receivers and yeah, we've recruited a couple of those. Maddie may not get the uh, the honor of throwing to them because they're probably not going to be plugged into Gary Pinkle's offense right away, but. Um, it makes you think that uh, Eddie Prince and Drew Locke may have luck down the road. I also um, felt like there's there's a very similar name, Andrew Luck, Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I assume that means they're going to have the exact same level of success. Yeah, let's let's draw that comparison immediately. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if anybody's talked about that, but I think it should be considered. Well, Brendan, that's why the, there's a place in this world for the Mazad cast, because a lot of places aren't going to make that connection. But you heard it here first, folks. Uh-huh. Andrew Luck. So let's wrap Luck. this up. You know, there's obviously there's 22 recruits. We're not going to cover them all because we're not that we, – yeah. we're not – I don't know. What are you going to call it? Power Mizzou? We're not – We're sitting on a computer in a parent's basement and just drool over 17-year-olds for an entire listen, year. Listen, we've got real jobs. We can't af- – at this point in our lives, we can't afford to make $32,000 a year to – Write a blog or a newspaper um, article about 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 these individuals. About being an expert about which seventeen year old is going to go to <laughs> yeah, exactly state school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't claim to be experts too. That's a, no, no. For example, there's twenty three recruits, not twenty two recruits. Our, 
perfect example. Yeah. Well, you know, numbers are numbers. Whatever. Numbers are hard. We're definitely math not mathematicians. Hard. Math is hard. No, I never. I didn't even know we were going to be talking using math today. <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't have showed up had I known. <laughs> Carry the two and well um, seven in there somewhere. Let's wrap it up with a a little known recruit named uh, Terry Beckner Jr. He's out of East St. Louis. Uh, the best player in the state of Illinois, who we locked up. He is a five-star recruit. He is everything everybody wants. <laughs> the, uh, so this it was everything everybody was talking about on National Signing Day. The Tigers knew they were in good position to pick up Beckner Jr., but he didn't tip his cap either way, literally, as they pick up their stupid hats and yep. declare where they're going to go. Although Beckner didn't. He went up with a pennant. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but... We had stiff competition. Basically, the three teams that were in the running for Beckner Jr. were the national champion this year, the national champion last year, and the national champion runner-up from last year. So it was not an easy get for the Tigers, even though he was a local boy. Well, I don't think you can discount the fact that how good our defensive line has been turns the head of uh, these defensive line recruits, including Mr. Beckner Jr., he is 6'4", 293, and uh, I heard one expert on the Feinbaum show or somewhere saying that uh, on tape in high school looks better than either Sheldon Richardson or Shane Ray. Now, that is enormously high praise, and that does not mean he will develop to be either one of those players, but it's certainly a good place to start. I think when you get a five-star recruit, the one thing that it almost guarantees you of, because there are no guarantees in the business, is, is that you've got a guy who can plug in immediately. You know, a lot of these guys, you can put them in and they got good potential. And a three-star guy, by the time they're a junior, they could be a top-notch college athlete. But you get a guy like Terry Beckner Jr. in, and uh, 2016 or yeah, 2015 season, he's a major contributor to the squad. I like the idea of Mr. Beckner Jr. and Harold Brent, Brantley playing side-by-side side in the middle of our defense. That's... Giving me about half a chub right now. Yeah, I like to see. I just, I'm just fantasize about shitty Florida quarterbacks on their back, just crying in agony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, it, it'll be interesting to see though how how they work them in because you know you say play right away and they might be able to, but even I mean go back to when DGB was which arguably was our best recruit. Up until that point, yeah, five, you know, four or five stars. Yeah, most people have been at five, but anyway, and and you know he wasn't playing every down. No, but they know. put him in the lineup in, their, in his freshman year, and he didn't perform that well his freshman year. Yeah, but he we expected him to. Yeah, and it's also his sophomore year he blew up. It's also different being a wide receiver where you can. You're in there, but there's also three other wide receivers that are in there. So he's got to learn a playbook that's much more complicated than the defensive playbook. He's got to learn the route tree. I mean, I feel like there's there's just going to be a quicker transition for a defensive tackle maybe than there is a wide receiver. Yeah, and your your know, success is directly tied to the performance of the quarterback. The defensive end sort of makes their own luck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the but with with Beckner, I think the thing that I could see a world where he actually doesn't play that much next year, and because. He's coming in as a freshman, lining up against seniors, you know, on the offensive line side. And even though he's just he's stacked, like you talked about earlier, you know, three hundred pound kid, he's still a kid and you know, going up against a three hundred pound Well, were you talking about three hundred pound offensive linemen who are your typical college offensive lineman, or are we talking like a Connor McGovern? <laughs> because you know, if that's the case, he may be make All American his as a freshman. That would yeah. be exciting. Well, well, I guess I'm I'm interested to see how 
Pinkle and a new a new defensive coordinator too decide how they're going to plug in this freshman and how many reps they're going to give him because you know the other thing is with five star recruits you can almost guarantee that you've got them for two years you know and after you know going into that junior year they decide they're going to the NFL right yeah. so. Um, or that they're going to leave that year early. So mm-hmm. the, the question is, do you get those two years out of them? Or can you get a third year out of them? You know whether they play that first that first year or not. So it'll be interesting. But huge pickup Beckner because he was recruited by twenty schools, and the fact that you can go in and pull him out when you've got you know like you were saying all those national champions and these powerhouse programs, everybody in the SEC wanted him. That that's huge to kind of like you're saying locking up the borders. I mean, East, it's Illinois, but East St. Louis might as well be considered part of Missouri. And if if Pinkle can keep that area locked up, that that bodes well for us in the future as well. It's funny. I remember when they hired Pinkle. Uh, Pinkle would tell the story later on that I mean he couldn't get he couldn't get schools in St. Louis to pick up the phone when he called, and yeah. now he's pulling. You know, five-star defensive tackle recruits out of St. Louis. I think it's just another testament to how good Gary Pinkle has been for this Tiger program. And I had something important to say, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> well, it couldn't be that important. Um, <laughs> Thanks, guys. I think the uh, future is bright. I think I saw that overall in the country, our class is ranked 18th. That's that's impressive. By ESPN, yeah. And I think that's one thing about Beckner too is he definitely adds a another little notch toward in the credibility belt of Missouri the uh, the fine bombs of the world the SEC network people of the world they you know Missouri has a very respectable class with a w- drawing in athletes against top notch schools yeah. it's just another thing where it's like oh Missouri's not overperforming Missouri's performing yeah. so yeah and i think also you know using ESPN's numbers they have, they pulled in seven four star recruits and one five star, which is a bet which is as better than any other year we've had in recent history. The crazy thing about this is though, even though eighteenth overall, number you know, number two recruit overall, still eighth in the SEC for overall class rank. I will say this about the way they rank these recruiting classes. A lot of times their their recruiting classes go up because of who's recruiting them. So it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy, you know, that a lot of times the SEC is who sets the bar for the recruitings for the recruiting like grades. So if you're being recruited heavily in the SEC, your grade goes up, and therefore your the, the school's overall recruiting grade goes up. So, so I think some of that is a little bit. Um, listen, nobody's going to argue that these high school recruiting outlets are a little bit suspect. But um, again, I don't think that necessarily means we have the um, the ninth or eighth ranked class in the SEC. It just uh, um, it just means that. Uh, you know, people give a lot of credit to SEC schools and their recruiting classes. Although one one thing that was really interesting, so follow Outkick the Coverage um, and their blog, and they have this really interesting statistic that they brought up. When you go all the way back to 1998, every team that's won the national championship except for one has had two top ten recruiting classes in the the four years leading up to the national championship. Mm-hmm. So while you know we. We downplay like the recruiting classes because it's like you know it's so hit or miss. Or look at Texas, right? Yeah, Texas yeah. always has great recruiting classes. Look what they do on the field. That being said, they still matter to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely. Know? I'm not discounting the, yeah. the the fact that they're not all wrong. I just mean that I know that you know kids will gain a star 
in their ranking just because Alabama suddenly has interest in them. So a three-star sure. recruit becomes a four-star recruit because suddenly Ohio State and Alabama are interested. Therefore, the the guys making these lists go, oh shit, that guy must be pretty good. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing about the star system is that when you when your team doesn't pick up a, the five-star recruit that you want, your fans say, look at JJ Watt, he was a two-star. Stars don't matter. When you do pick up the five-star you want, you're like, fuck yeah, we got a five-star. Eat it. Well, so that's scientific. <laughs> math. Yeah. math. More math. God damn. We're going to be doing calculus by the end of this show. But I think before I saw Beckner Jr., you know, the, not, the day before the, or two days before I saw that Mizzou's recruiting class before Beckner signed was 22nd, and now they're 18th. So, I mean, still a top 25 class um, even before Beckner. So it speaks to the, the depth of the uh, – the uh, class that Gary Pinkle's put together. Yeah, which and the other thing, you know, Pinkle's just improved year after year. In in 2013, we had again, if you use ESPN rankings, the 38th ranked class. Last year, we had the 33 ranked class. Now, the 18th ranked class. So, the, it's it's improving. And I think the hope or the excitement for being a Tiger fan is that you continue to build on this, right? You know, it's it is becoming that more legitimate. All right, it's been the SEC for two, three years now. You've won the two SEC East championships. You're building on these classes. And I don't think you can discount the fact that the, the, the class has gone up because we're in the SEC. The SEC Absolutely. gives you some cachet as a program, and I think we can all agree that we owe the SEC a, a, a big thank you for, hey, letting us in here. And these recruits are suddenly going, hey, Missouri is an SEC school, and that's the preeminent conference in the country, and we want to go play in that conference. And Brendan had really good statistics earlier. We were, we were talking about great statistics. Yeah, which is weird. But we <laughs> were talking. We were talking about before the show. We were talking about how Pinkle does a good job of coaching up the team that he has. Like certain teams outperform their their rankings, and other teams really underperform. Texas. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and, and Nate Silver and Five Thirty Eight dot com did a, a, a report on teams that. The last 10 years, how their recruiting class versus their on-the-field performance. And Missouri ranked third in the country as far as on-field performance versus where their recruiting classes stood. That's a double-edged sword. It means you're not recruiting great, but it means that with the players you have, you are maximizing your talent. Wisconsin led that list, followed by Oregon. That's that's pretty good company to keep. So, um, you know, that's a 10-year trend. That's not a fluke. So yeah. Pinkle talks a lot about coaching these players up but it, there's there's stats and there's facts behind it as well as the fact that there's a lot of guys in the NFL on Sunday who uh, were three-star recruits yeah I don't think you can discount with another with a guy like Beckner Jr. going hey um, I don't know if you've looked lately Terry but we've got a couple of guys playing D-line in the league we got a couple about ready to go to the league that's yeah. kind of what we do yeah and I think you know Pinkle's biggest thing now will be You've managed to sustain the success. You know, how many 10-win seasons has Pinkle given us? Something mm-hmm. like four, and we had, what, none yeah. before him or something, and nine-win seasons. But we still we don't have a conference championship. We don't have a national championship yet. And Shh, so, Brian, come on. And so that's – well, the, the, question, <laughs> the question will be, you know, he has certainly outperformed most people's expectations. Absolutely, without question. The problem is, and we've talked about this before on the show, is he's getting Tiger fans to the point where it's like, we, no, we expect 10-win seasons yeah, now. absolutely. And we don't realize that, like, 10-win seasons didn't exist until Gary Pinkle came around. Yeah, but well, it's a good, good headspace to be in as far absolutely. as I mean, fans. at this point, you just walk into a, a, you know, a D lineman's living room now and you go, listen, we, we send kids to the league. That's how he does. Yeah. And they just and you hope that 
that uh, sways them. So, you know what? I think we need to shut her down because uh, the fact of the matter is we've been getting a lot of tweets and emails and responses from people that we haven't had a show in a while. We This is our first show since the Citrus Bowl. And people are starving for Kansas news. I mean, I'm starving. For I don't Kansas know where news. you get it. We gotta if give we're the not, people what, yeah, you gotta give the people what they want. If we're not releasing podcasts, people aren't getting Kansas. Rule number one of news and drugs, I think, is give the people what they want. Well, Brennan, you know, I I don't think anybody wants to listen to us talk about recruiting. No, I mean, we did. We fulfilled the first rule of entertainment: always leave them begging you to stop. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Okay, let's take let's, a little break. Let's go to what we're really good at, and that's Kansas news. That's right. All right. So uh, this is the Mazadcast. We'll be back in a minute. Stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway, 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix, phones fixed fast. Three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. Fuck Kansas. (laughs) And we're back, and it's time to uh, check in with Kansas news. This is pretty important because, like we mentioned, it's been since the beginning of the year since we've given you any Kansas news. And as you can imagine, the Kansans have been busy. I'm sure. Yeah, the, the Kansans don't sleep, and we have to keep up with them. Let me take you to our first story. This comes to us from the Wichita Eagle. Uh, it is titled, Waitress's Blog Post on Interracial Relationship Elicits Hate Comments and Death Threats. So <laughs> You just you can't make this up. You no, really and can. we do not. We don't. <laughs> Let's see. Before she got hate mail and death threats last Christmas, Ashlyn... Sullivan was just a 20-year-old Wichita waitress working tables at Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. Yep. Kansas got a Buffalo Wild Wings, guys. That's yeah. their, their nicest nice establishment in Kansas. <laughs> but on December 22nd, Sullivan said six drunk customers taunted her with racial slurs after she told them she dates a black man. Sullivan is white. She thought about saying nothing, walking away, but she decided to take a stand. She got mad the next morning. She found a photo of herself with her arms wrapped around her boyfriend's neck. She stuck it up alongside a fiery poetic rant, and she, as she calls it, that she composed on her personal blog. Her blog post, I Am Not Dating a Racial Slur, went viral almost immediately, collecting 300,000 page views in its first day. Wow. By Wednesday afternoon. I wish we could have that for the entire time we've been here. Yeah. On the Mazadcast. I mean, I w- I'd take 300. Yeah, frankly. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, by Wednesday afternoon, more than a month later... It had 192,000 shares and more than 1.8 million page views. Also by Wednesday, Cosmo Magazine had been in touch with her and had posted an update written by her describing her viral post and the hate that it prompted. In her original post, she denounced the drunks for snarling the N-word at her. She described her boyfriend, Ramonte Green, in lines that sound like blazing chant-like poetry. Well, I heard that name. I would have thought he was a Jewish fella. Yeah, distractingly, no, he was African-American. She got death threats, it turns out. And guess what? She also got Bible verses. Of course. uh, The Bibles against interracial marriage? uh, Well, apparently. Relationships? Kansas found some things to say, yes. Verses from the Bible telling how God does not want humans laying with animals. (laughs) 
Oh, oh God. God. Good God. You know, the, here's the irony about that. This is Kansas, the home of Lane with Animals. <laughs> like, if there were ever a place where people were going to go light on the Bible verses about Lane with Animals, you'd think, this is you'd it. think it would be Kansas because, I mean, yeah, sheep, cattle. <laughs> Hogs, snakes. Brennan, the list goes on and on. Let's not let's not get delved down into all the animals that Kansas natives have intercourse with. Horses, Brennan, mules. Please, Brennan, please. We'll be here all night. No doubt. I I can't be here that long. Chickens, Brennan, go- stop. Gophers, prairie dogs. Oh, so many prairie dogs. Brennan, please. please. Okay. Um, anyway, let's boil this down. She dates a black guy. Kansas hates it. <laughs> The problem was she put it on the internet where the rest of the, you know, civilized world um, is on her side. <laughs> and well, truthfully, I'm so shocked. Just, I'm, I'm shocked that many people in Kansas have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm... Well, I don't think the people in Kansas were aware of it because of her blog post. They were aware of it because of their desire for wild wings. Or because of the six drunken guys uh, that were there. They, 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 church, co- they constitute a third yeah. of the population in the entire state. So. Well, and they probably yelled it in their tin can, which <laughs> moved along a string, got to their neighbor's tin can. Yeah. Yep. So yep. somebody had to literally pull out of a goat <laughs> to complain about this. So, anyway, uh, great job, Kansas, as always. Let's go back to the Wichita Eagle, though, because they have another important report for us. Police say part of man's ear cut off during a fight. (laughs) Only part, though. Yes. (laughs) A man was hospitalized early Thursday morning after part of his right ear was cut off during a fight with three men early Thursday morning, police said. The 24-year-old man was visiting a 22-year-old woman at the 1600 block of South Mosley Street at 2.30 a.m., Thursday, when she let three men into her house, Lieutenant James Espinazzi said they attacked the visitor. One suspect grabbed a kitchen knife and cut off the top of his ear. A police department document said that he was also stabbed in the right hand. The three pulled a 24-year-old, the 24-year-old outside, and, a, and the assault continued. They stole his cell phone, shirt, and shoes. He was taken to the Via Christi Hospital uh, St. Francis, where he's in stable condition. Look at this guy in his fancy wearing shoes. You know, but, you know what that was though. That was they were trying to get like waffles from the Waffle House, and they won't serve you unless you have a shirt and shoes on. And so they needed a shirt and shoes, and this guy yeah. just happened to be there. My question is, why did the girlfriend let these guys in? No Who doubt, were these guys, whoever they were, they kept, they couldn't have looked like <laughs> gang bang. They couldn't have looked like your friendly Mormon missionary, <laughs> yeah. right? With the little name badge and the short sleeve white shirt. At in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, maybe just talk to your boyfriend. Yeah, I feel like there's huge portions of this story that probably aren't being reported. I have to suspect she might have been in cahoots with these guys. And also the story is, is hit, part of his ear gets cut off. If I get stabbed in the hand, I want a little credit for that too, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. that hurts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no arrests have been made. The victim did not... Give a very good statement, the police said. <laughs> police have names of those well, involved and are looking for them. He couldn't hear. You know? Yeah, so, really. <laughs> that's true. I had no idea what was going on. Any word whether any of these were members of the Kansas football team? <laughs> it's possible. Here's my um, impression of what the statement would be like and why it wasn't a very good statement. Colin, would you be the police officer? Uh, sir, would you like to tell us what happened? They cut my fucking ear off! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's. Uh, he probably felt like that was the only uh, relevant part. My fucking hand! <laughs> I told you my fucking hand! 
Yeah, yeah, I mean... They probably should have taken him to the hospital first and then questioned him. Right, yeah. All right, let's give him a break on the bad statement. <laughs> so, um, all right, the next story comes to us from the Topeka Capital Journal. Let's see. Docking building treated after fleas discovered. Exterminator also treated for bed bugs <laughs> in December. <sighs> Exterminators treated the docking state office building this week after fleas were thought to be living in two areas, state officials said. Janine Caranda, spokeswoman for the Department of Revenue, which has offices in the building, said exterminators treated two area members of the public and mail frequently passes through the building. She said it wasn't clear how the fleas might have arrived. We have two localized areas that we thought had fleas. These are not widespread issues. The exterminators did their work Monday. She didn't directly answer whether the fleas had been discovered the same day that they were treated. That's about when they were found, she said. Caranda also emphasized that the fleas are not an unusual issue for pet owners to deal with. Fleas have, are pretty widespread anywhere anyway, she said. Fleas are small, reddish-brown insects. So we know what fleas are. So she's an expert. At, in addition to working here, she also seems to be an expert at fleas. Yeah, it seems to me like she is excusing the fact that her fucking building, her office is covered in fleas. Despite, it's like, but pets get fleas all the time. I'm like, yeah, but are you... Is pets aren't a large building. <laughs> yeah. Are you usually rolling around in furry animals at work? Let's see. Exterminators also treated the docking building for bed bugs on floors 1, 3, and 10 in mid-December, about a week after one bed bug was discovered. Some employees alleged a nest of bed bugs had been found in an employee chair and infested a cubicle. But Karanda said a total of five bed bugs were found in the building. So only five, like, singular bed bugs were yeah, found. Yeah, how do you find, like, a singular bed bug? I'm pretty sure that you, like, you almost have, like, a, have I, a magnifying glass to find bed bugs. I've always heard if you have a bed bug, you have an infestation. Yeah, right, right. Isn't that literally the definition of if there's one, Yeah, there's, like, 40,000 or something? Here's I the thing the the, that I don't understand. Didn't we have a similar issue with a Kansas library a few months ago? Oh, yeah, we did. They, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. good God. I mean, I, yes, I've heard that bed bugs have been infesting hotels across the land. Mm-hmm. You know, beds in hotels across the country Get have been bugs. dealing with bed bugs. Kansas, their fucking DMV and their libraries, well, what do these office people chairs. do? I mean, to be honest, though, the fleas make sense because, again, as we've established in previous news, the security used in Kansas are just dogs tied to a, a chain, you know, to a pole sitting outside in the front. And so, you know, those dogs are going to have fleas and they're coming. So the fleas I can get. Well, she also said two members of the public were treated for fleas. This is a Kansas public, so... Just make sure. Why don't you give everybody a flea and tick bath as you walk into the DMV at Kansas? Maybe that's what you know. So there's like toll roads. You know, you have to stop. You pay your toll. What it's going to be is you have to stop and get like you know deloused. Poof. <laughs> the, uh, It'll be a dollar ninety nine. And poof. You know the uh, certain products throughout the nation, depending on where they're at, sell regional products. I feel like Head and Shoulders has a window here, has an opportunity to market a product directly to. Kansas and Head and Shoulders Flea and Tick. Yeah, you know, what I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to sell this everywhere, right? But in Kansas, I feel like there's a money making opportunity here. Is there a way to inject like Frontline into Tattoo Ink? <laughs> I think I think what what we need to do is we need to be concerned because this is on our border. You right. Know? Nixon needs to mobilize the National Guard. And scrub people down as they come into. Missouri. Brian, I don't know how long I've been saying that there needs to be a wall built. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there needs to be build the wall. Well, yeah, I mean, forget about Mexico. 
Let's put up a wall between Missouri and Kansas. I, I feel like it's long overdue. I 100% support your politics on this. <laughs> At least a fence. Yeah. I mean, how, how would not have a like, little barbed wire fence or something? that we keep? Moat. Oh, um, yes. With alligators? Yeah. or I mean, I don't even know that I don't feel swim. like we need moats with alligators, because like, then there's just going to be a lot of Kansas natives in flat-bottom boats trying to catch alligators, and, wrestle them, and point. sleep with them. <laughs> As we alluded to earlier, yeah. It could be scary. Dragons? Can we get dragons? <laughs> Patrol the border? Um, any sort of se- advanced separation techniques I'm in favor of. But one thing I wanted to tell you guys about... Uh, can- Related to Kansas news is that you know the Kansas football team had a recruiting class too. And really? I, well, I just want to read you off some some names. Uh, they uh, picked up Durant's Armstrong defensive end. He was five seven, one hundred and forty eight pounds. Uh, <laughs> head, head member of his debate team. Um, <laughs> offensive lineman DeAndre Banks, uh, five nine, one eighty two. <laughs> uh, he scored second in his school's chess club. Yeah, nice. So uh, pretty good work there uh, by that. L.B. Bates, 5'4", 116 pounds. Uh, <laughs> nose tackle. Nose tackle, nice. Yeah, so good good class out of, the, out of Kansas this year. Sounds yep. pretty, pretty promising. So uh, anything else you guys are looking for uh, out of Kansas? Because who knows when we're going to be back. I want to know what their their ranking was, though. Their overall oh, ranking. Is yeah, that their the overall ranking? ranking? We do need to find that out because I'm sure it's top 25, right? Surely. They're a Division One school in the middle of the country. Right. I mean, every, they're part of the Big 12, which is one of the best conferences. Yeah. So, you know, I think they had a couple of playoff schools, didn't they? The Big 12, didn't they get a couple in the BCS playoff system? I'm Big counting. 12? I'm trying to count there. How many? There were four teams four in the playoffs. Four total. Four total. One to carry the three. <laughs> you know uh, what, Brennan? Forget it. It's math. Let's just that's let's just assume that they got a couple. They of, had to have gotten at least sure. They're a giant two, preeminent conference. Yeah, I mean they're a great big conference in the middle of the United States. So. Yeah, well, all the big conferences got one team into the. Playoffs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, any luck finding the Kansas ranking? Okay, they got uh, 24 recruits according to this. Out of that, zero five stars. Okay. Zero four stars and 19 three stars. Wow, that's actually better than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Did they say what the three stars were in? Uh, was it no. football? Oh, oh, lane oh. with beasts. This is better than I was expecting. 78. Their overall rank is 61. Well. That isn't that bad. That's literally average. <laughs> <laughs> and average is a huge win for Kansas yeah. football. A- average at this point would be when they tore the best the, team they've had in years. When they <laughs> tore down the goalposts for winning a game. <laughs> Against uh, Iowa State. Against Iowa State. Oh, right. I forgot about that. That yeah. was a joyous moment. When you become average at anything, that's literally a thousand times better than what it was before. I think the end of next year, if they can make it through the season without losing a head coach... That's also goalpost worthy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, go through within an, as the same head coach from day one as you do with the last day of the season. Tear down the goalposts. Here's here's my question. Let's say they win like more than one game next year. Okay. Do they I'm, tear down the goalposts? I'm having trouble in this imaginary realm that you live in. <laughs> yeah, this is this is theoretical. I mean, I, I think you were talking about dragons earlier, Brian. I think mean, it's not getting a sci-fi well, here. It's, it's Kansas, so right. I mean, anything's possible in Kansas, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but did they tear down tear down the goalposts twice? I don't know if they can afford two sets of goalposts. <laughs> I don't know unless Bill Self is gonna 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 spot them. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they would afford that. Yeah. By the way, can we just ask like 
how do you do you get a goalpost like overnighted? Like when you're when it gets torn down. Well, I think wherever I think you are, one, you're like, hey, one thing, we got to play next week, guys. Like, if I know one thing about Kansas University, I think they're you know how Mizzou is kind of known as a journalism school. Um, I believe Kansas is known for ag construction, so they probably have a nice welding shop. They're oh, probably going to throw okay. those things together pretty fast. It's a couple cans of neon paint, and boom, they're right back in business. Where do you order one of those? What, a goalpost? Amazon? Like, you just go on Amazon and please give me a goalpost? I t- just told you, they construct them out of metal in their egg shop. They probably have lots of them. They probably, what they... I think they use, that like, and fence forks. posts. They, it's mostly <laughs> fence post material that they steal from Jeb's farm across the road. <laughs> but, um, who knows? So, you know, I think it's time for us to take another break. We've we've expanded on as much as we can on this god-awful state of Kansas. But there's been a lot of things happening since the season's been over, the football season's been over, and there's been a, a lot of really bad basketball being played, and, and to a lot of people's surprise... Missouri lost an athletic director, so uh, I think we're going to take our final break of the day. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about the uh, outside the lines football news. So this is the Mazzotcast. And we're back, and uh, we talked a lot about Mizzou's recruiting, and we didn't really talk well about it, but we talked about it. But there was a lot of other action going on around college football and the SEC, and uh, I think we're going to break down a little bit about uh, what happened outside of Tiger Country. Let's start off with a story that uh, struck me as not surprising, okay. uh, given the parties involved. Uh, the Sooners welcome back Joe Mixon. Uh, he is a... Uh, Former five- or four-star recruit, depending on the service you go to. Um, Mixon was suspended by OU for the entire 2014 season um, for punching a woman in a late July confrontation, breaking four bones in her face. He broke a woman's face? <laughs> yes, he literally broke four bones in her face and knocked her unconscious. So he was kicked off the team, right? Well, he was suspended. Okay. <laughs> he was suspended. Indefinitely? Um, well, not nobody ever wanted, wanted to put. Listen, they didn't want to put labels on anything mm-hmm. at OU. Um, but he has been welcomed back this season with open arms. The coaches feel like he's learned a lesson. Wait um, a minute, he broke a lady's face and he's going to play football <laughs> this year. Yes, I I feel like in the climate that has been created by the NFL in the past year, I'm a little bit surprised this story did not get more play, like even nationally. I mean, because you know Ray Rice socked his old lady in the face, knocked her out cold. On video. But right. what I also want to tell you is this confrontation was also on video. You're kidding. Now, it has not been released to the public, um, but it is said that uh, you can see him smash her face with his fist, breaking four bones, including her uh, orbital socket. Jesus. Um, and her jaw. She uh, he, he clocked her pretty good. Um, so, uh, petite woman, five-star uh, football athlete. Um, this is what happens. But anyway, you'd think, well, this is a horrible, horrible piece of shit human being. Yeah, that's what I think. So, <laughs> well, um, what you may not know is that is an absolutely uh, one of the criteria that Bob Stoops looks for in a football recruit. Oh, that's one of the... So this was actually... He's got the it factor. <laughs> yeah, this was a kind of almost like a feather in his cap for Bob Stoops. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, a story that kind he of... He almost makes DGB sound like a, like a model citizen. I just, I don't feel like 
there's any way to justify this. I just don't feel like. I mean, yeah. now Bob Stoops is not going to get up on a on a podium and a, and answer a bunch of questions about it. And Lord knows the press in Oklahoma is even going to ask him about it. Yeah. Um, but I just this is how do you justify this? The kid smashed a woman's face. Ugh. I mean, you I. I, I, I can imagine the circumstance of having he gets kicked off the team and ends up playing Division three ball somewhere and maybe gets to transfer two years down the road to some university that didn't recruit him originally, like Oklahoma. But nope, not when you play for Bob Stoops. Question, would you rather be stabbed in the hand by a Kansas <laughs> lunatic or punched in the face by an Oklahoma Sooner uh, recruit? A five-star recruit. I think I'd rather be stabbed in the hand. I don't know. That's a toughie. <laughs> but, yeah. um, boy. Those are your options in the Big 12. Yeah, God. Those are literally your options. I feel like... Um, if you're in the Midwest. I want to say that you know Bob Stoops took more heat this year than he probably has in any of the previous years in quite some time, and that maybe this decision was made a little bit out of desperation for success. But I feel like Bob Stoops would have made this decision in Oklahoma's heyday. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, he doesn't do anything because it's right or just. Like the, he doesn't even know the definitions of those words. <laughs> to, he has no moral compass. He's be, a horrible monster of a human. To be <laughs> fair to him, how many college football coaches would kick him off, though? You know what? That's one thing we discussed before the show started. I Gary Pinkle would have. I think if Mizzou's shown anything, that they will only put up with so much shit. Now, I know they gave DGB too many chances, but that was for weed and kicking in a girl's door, threatening to probably punch her. And break many bones in her face. Yeah, but depending on which I feel like, story you hear. Depending on five star recruit or not, I feel I feel confident in saying that this guy does not have a place on Mizzou's roster in this same circumstances. I would hope not. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would absolutely hope not. Yeah, I mean there was video of it. There was no stories on this one to even consider. Um, you know, here's the problem though. Roger Goodell hasn't tried to find the video yet. Right. Well, see, once we turn Roger Goodell onto it, then we're then, bound to happen. Then we're going to get well, that video out in the public. I th- if anything illustrates how well the NFL is run and how much power they have and how control over their organization, you know that what happened with Ray Rice is an example of that. Whereas the NCAA is as much a fucking paper house as you know a house of cards as anything. How does the NCAA in no way involve themselves in this? I don't know. I guess it's not their jurisdiction, but. I feel like, given the climate right now, somebody should do something. Just at least take Oklahoma to task for this. I've not seen any like national media coverage for this. You know, and there's no no mention of this on ESPN College Game Day or anything like that. Does there anything in the report about how the woman's face is? <laughs> well, it does mention later in the story that she had to have uh, several surgeries, and but I guess her I would, face is all right. I would think so. Well, uh, any other good news in sports, well, Colin? While we're talking about coaches with um, the blackest of souls, let's go to uh, a coach that everybody's heard of is uh, Bobby Petrino. Okay. He's now the coach of Louisville. Right. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals, who have enjoyed a, a surging football program the last few years. Well, Coach uh, Petrino lived up to his uh, reputation, and his reputation was built on among other things, basically leaving a job at the NFL by leaving sticky notes with a very arbitrary message to his uh, team he was leaving high and dry. Uh, he was also at Arkansas. And, Brian, you mentioned he might have run in some trouble there. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he was uh, on a motorcycle in a little accident with, like, his mistress. Yeah, had a wreck. Who was a volleyball was player a, for the team. Or I thought it was, like, assistant coach or, or like, I thought it was a, a volleyball player. Like was it was, it was certainly a student. Uh, he was married at the time. He had a motorcycle crash 
initially told the uh, arresting officers that uh, he was alone. There was no one else on the bike. That was later found that maybe there was someone on the bike, uh, and by someone else, I mean a 20-year-old piece of snatch that uh, was not his wife. Um, but it's almost fair that he didn't counter because he doesn't counter as a human. Like yeah. He doesn't actually... Yeah, he didn't care. He doesn't value her yeah. existence. <laughs> yeah. She was just a pork hole. Right. You know. You know. Um, anyway, uh, what he's done now is two days before National Signing Day, um, Matt Colburn, who had uh, agreed to commit to Louisville in like June or something, way, way, way out in front... He's a running back, a three- or four-star athlete, depending on who you ask. Uh, he was South Carolina's Mr. Football. He was committed to Louisville two days before signing day. Uh, Petrino's staff called him and said, Sorry, we need more defensive backs. We're taking your scholarship and giving it to someone else. Leaving this motherfucker high and dry <laughs> two days before National Signing Day. And, and for background, so this is perfectly allowed in the recruiting scenario, right? Because all the schools, they offer more scholarships than they mm-hmm. actually have. They're like airlines with seat tickets. Exactly. And they're offered on condition that like, we don't decide later we didn't actually really want you. Right. Well, it, I, this guy, I just feel like he doesn't know how not to have the worst PR ever. I mean, like every job he has, everywhere he goes, he is just a... I just want to feel like... Say, you know what, Bobby? Whatever your instinct is, do the fucking opposite. He's a walking bag of pig vomit. <laughs> Fucking monster. So after catching, as you might imagine, an inordinate amount of shit for doing this, um, this uh, dirty pool, uh, they then offered to gray shirt this kid, which basically like, you can still come here. You just have to not play football for a year. Does that sound okay? And of course, that the kid didn't feel very good about that. Um, it set off a firestorm in the state of South Carolina. Dutch Fork High School, a big high school and the high school that... Uh, uh, Matt was coming out of has now said they were, will no longer allow anyone from Louisville on their campus and no longer allow them to recruit their players. And they're asking other high schools around the state to join them in this, and few of them have. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, not not a good look for Bobby, but as we know, uh, he's not worried about how he looks. <laughs> he's really not concerned. He is a soulless piece of trash. Yeah. Speaking of soulless piece of garbage, is soulless piece garbage is soulless pieces of garbage. It's okay. a it's a lot. To, it's a mouthful, but uh, we talked about Bobby Petrino. We talked about Bob Stoops, Nick Saban. One of his recruits was a guy by the name of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he got a lot of uh, of uh, press because he came to Alabama after being dismissed from Georgia last July, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. The dismissal came after Taylor was arrested on a charge of aggravated assault and family violence. UGA Police Department report alleged Taylor used his hands to choke and hit his girlfriend. So, uh, very Stoops-esque. I feel like these sort of uh, things always happen, and these kids end up going to some Division three school. or You know what I mean? Like, they go to a JUCO school, and then they may work their way back to back up to a Division one school, but certainly not in Alabama or in Oklahoma. I feel like... These coaches have just become more and more emboldened as their job has been more and more on wins. And it's like, you know what, fuck it. I don't care if he's a cokehead who, you know, murders elderly women in their sleep. If Kenny, Kenny run very, the rock. It's very DGB-esque. I mean, yeah. got to give kudos to Georgia. Georgia dismissed him. Alabama and Nick Saban immediately said, welcome to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> well, what, what's interesting, I don't think that was in there, but actually the Tallahassee Police Department quickly investigated this and found that he did no wrongdoing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the Tallahassee Police Department 
the top investigators in all of the land <laughs> yeah. we've learned yeah. over the last couple of years. I think maybe Saban hired him just to do a quick yeah. background. I'm sure Saban did his homework. I that, that I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's just it's depressing as as much as it makes for great great football. Yeah, I do manage to drink enough to to swallow all my own morals on Saturday afternoons so that I can watch these horrific monsters coach and play <laughs> and entertain. Yeah, sure. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. So, great job, Saban. You are a monster. Yep. So, anyway, uh, is there any actual football or is it just, just disturbing? No, just, I just, there's a few stories we want to get out there. Yeah. You know, um, if we're going to talk about uh, awful, awful things, though, Let's talk about the basketball team for a moment, if you guys have the stomach oh, for the it. the Missouri Tigers basketball team. I mean, I know we are, by our own definition, a football podcast, mm-hmm. but I feel like um, the Tigers could... They've earned it. a little chat. Yeah, sure. Oh, my dear God. As we sit here recording tonight, the Tigers are currently 7-16 and 16 after getting beaten by Texas A&M at home, which is their ninth consecutive loss, a nine-game Whoa. losing streak. But let me tell you this, guys. One of the things that gets gets forgotten about during this nine-game losing streak is we've also lost seven additional games. <laughs> people forget about those seven losses before the nine-game losing streak. We lost hard in those games, and people shouldn't forget about them. That's true. We lost to the likes of UMKC Kangaroos. You can't forget that shit. I, I, I really, really want Kim Henderson to succeed, but I don't see much improvement. You know, I mean, I, I feel like... There are coaches who never recruit well but always get the most out of their players. You know, I I'm often re- remember Doc Sadler who was a who got a lot out of a very very bad Nebraska team in the Big Twelve every year. They always gave it their all. They always ran a they always played tough defense. They they were fundamentally sound, and that's all I really expected out of this team under Kim Anderson this year because I didn't expect them to be any good, but I expected them to give a Herculean effort out there. Expected them to play good defense and be fundamentally sound and control the things that they can control. I mean, obviously they don't have talent, but mm. that that comes from the Almighty, not from the coach. So, but but those other things, those are kind of effort things. Those are things you can you acquire through practice and and through intestinal fortitude. And our team seems to have none of those things. Factors in this season, the Tigers. We know the Haith left the cover bear. We know it's a young team. We know we have a new coach who's establishing himself. A lot of blah 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 factors. They're garbage. They got beat eighty six to thirty seven by hot Kentucky. Garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. garbage. They are hot garbage. Ha, ha, garbage. Yes. And I think and I think most people knew Say it, Brian. Most people, say it. No, they they're hot garbage. Ha ha garbage. I will Thank you. I think most people knew going in that it was gonna be a rebuilding year. It was gonna be one of those years that just Hey, let's have a winning record. It's not even not you even can't even call this a rebuilding year. It's a black plague yeah. year. It's a it's a like <laughs> it's small no, pox. No, 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 that year didn't happen. Yeah, it's the it's the year that you lose two thirds of your population to a devastating illness and disease, and it takes an entire like it takes to the Renaissance yeah. for the economy Multiple and for the culture well, to rebuild. If you read the okay. Tribune. Going into the season, you know, there were nobody had these sort of expect any real expectations for this team. But I don't think I don't know that anybody was predicting One it would be. So yeah, I don't think anybody was predicting it would be quite this bad. And that's that's why I'm a little bit concerned about Kim Anderson. Is I just I don't see it. I don't well, see it. <laughs> one, one thing that I will give Kim Anderson some credit on. So one of his assistant coaches earlier in the year was upset because 
fans weren't coming to the games. Mm-hmm. And and it was early in the year. It's in December. Nobody goes to basketball games in December anyway. Yeah. You know, nobody cares. And they're not that good at this point either. <clears throat> and so this assistant basketball coach was upset that the, the students, zoo crew, yeah. the student section, were not coming to the games. And they were kind of giving a hard time to one of the, the staff who's in charge of that. And, you know, my response to that would be like, win some games and people will come. Yeah. Like, and and so where I give Anderson some credit is he came out a couple nights ago and, and said, you know, he was answering some questions about low attendance. And he said, you know, I don't I don't expect people to come if we can't put together wins, you know. And so he, he understands. He's, you know, not burying his head in the sand. Well, that's one he's, thing. He's a straight shooter. I mean, his press conferences, he's been as open and as vocal about the problems as, as any coach can be expected to be. And he's really taken some serious action this last game, this Texas A&M game. There were three players on the team that were suspended for disciplinary actions, leaving only eight scholarship players available tonight to face Texas A&M. So... I, I like the strategy. If you're going to lay down some law and, and establish yourself as a coach, you're losing games anyway. You could put out the full squad. You're still losing games. You might as well put the fear into them a little bit because yeah. you're gonna you're not yeah. getting you're not gonna win anyway. So it's not like you're sacrificing wins. I think a lot of coaches are scared of sacrificing a wins to win to prove a point to a player. Mm-hmm. That's not even on the, I'm on the docket right now. In fact, guys, I'd like to play a little game with you. There's eight games remaining. Do you think we can win any of these games? I'm going to list off the names of teams we're going to play and tell me what you think the Tigers' record will be after these eight games. Okay, ready? We play South Carolina on the road. Nope. We play Mississippi State here at home. Nope. We play at Arkansas. Nope. We play at Vanderbilt. Nope. Florida comes here. Nope. Georgia. No. Auburn. Absolutely not. At Mississippi State. No. (laughs) Brian. What are your thoughts? I think I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say we win one of those games. Mississippi State. I'm not even going to go that far. I don't know. No, no, I'm yeah, just going to no, say no. we're going to win one. You're just going to say the, I law, don't have the, the law of averages. Exactly. Like, someone, like one of these teams, they're like, the bus is going to catch fire or something, and half the team dies, and we I, somehow win. Part of me feels like well, you I'm, might I'm, be I'll be praying for that, Brian. <laughs> that will be in my prayers. Part of me feels like you might be right in that. The team's not even – they're such losers. They're not even good enough at losing to lose all the way out. <laughs> like they're they're going to win one by accident. Yep. So They are losers. I mean, there's no – they're just the definition of losers. This is – listen, any team that has Ryan Rossberg playing this many minutes yeah. has got to be awful. He is the fucking – the guy looks he's like – He's the hairline of my accountant, by the way. <laughs> Every time he walks in the court, I'm examining him to slip for bolts in his neck. He's just, he's just such a fucking – I don't uh, know what he is, he's but he's soft. not a basketball player. He's, they're all awful. Blech. They're so terrible. But this brings up, you know, so I mentioned the fans earlier not showing up. And I think even the Arkansas game, which is supposed to be like the big rivalry mm-hmm. game, the game that everybody's at, it's the it's the new Kansas, yeah. right? Yeah, right. I don't even think that one was sold out. Or if it was sold out, it was not full, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, there were empty seats. Mizzou Arena has problems anyway. It's tough to get to. It's tough to park at. You know, the games are in January and February. It's cold as hell. Every game's on TV in HD. If it's not a great game, it's pretty damn tempting, especially if it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, to watch from your couch yeah. with a beer in your hand as opposed to trekking out to the arena. Well, it's not good, and I think you mentioned it earlier, Brennan. We, you know, of course, you, you, we, on Twitter, we you know, follow the Rock M Nations or the com, which 
you know, almost seem to go out of their way to be gracious about this sort of stuff. They never want to. Well, they're a lot classier than we are. Well, without question. But even they're starting to be like, I don't. What's going on here? This is this is awful, awful foot or basketball. This is yeah. This is the worst season since uh, there was a Quinn Snyder year. I remember where it, right. the difference in that season was. It was one of those years we had high expectations, and then they just it was the most gutless, soulless team I'd ever seen. They just. Passed the ball around. It was a. I don't know if it was our last losing season or not, but it was just. It was the beginning of the end of the Quinn Snyder era, and it was just like it was just horrible basketball. Mm, like yeah. You just couldn't watch it. Quinn had literally started doing cocaine on the sidelines during games. Right, right. Yeah, it was when he was bad. getting the cold sweats during games. <laughs> yeah, remember that when he just. Oh had yeah, he looked like a guy withdrawal. <laughs> his face looked like a belly of a fish. You know, it was just see through white. <laughs> just a note. Quinn Schneider is now the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Yes, yes, I was just going to bring that up. That I can't believe where he's he's gone. You know what? The, I'll give it to the guy. He's paid his dues, though. It's been a long time. Well, since I think his... what you've seen is like in college, you are the you have to be the rudder of the ship, and in, in the NBA, you're kind of you know. I don't want to say the inmates are in the asylum, but you're talking about grown men and what you are there to do. You manage as a yeah to yeah. I mean, I coach. just think Quinn Schneider is um, he's a guy that. Understands personality. Yeah, and can do that. But, I mean, as far as, like, running a program, being truly in charge of anything, I mean, unless it's, You're you know, supposed to have a better moral compass than the players. Well, and I think he was a young guy, and he may have been a little immature, and he may have been a kind of guy who needed a coach. League, yeah. He needed a coach himself, not to coach these kids. So. Well, I mean, by all accounts, he spent most of his time having sex with sorority girls on piles of cocaine while he was here. And right. that makes it tough to coach basketball. That's sure. supposed to be a perk of the job. It's not <laughs> supposed to be the main component of the job. <laughs> exactly. Really. Exactly. So this last bit of news that's happened while we were on our break between the end of the season was uh, an up or a down, depending on how you look at it, longtime 17-year athletic director for the Missouri Tigers, Mike Alden, stepped down sort of suddenly a couple yeah. weeks ago. Without and explanation. Not really. He just he's, he acted like he was tired of it. He's a young guy, so it took a lot of people by surprise. And he seemed to be, you know, Missouri was in great position other than the basketball team, um, who, you know, could is kind of getting a pass year because it's the yeah. new coach's first year. Um, the athletic department seemed to be in pretty good condition. Alden steps down. He decides he's going to start teaching in the College of Education still on campus. Uh, but w- what are your thoughts about Mike Alden, guys? Well, i tell you the truth. I mean, I felt like Alden was getting a pass for s- several years because the football program had been so good. I mean, I attribute 99.9% of that success to uh, Gary Pinkle. Now, uh, Alden did helm the ship into the SEC, and I don't think that can be um, forgotten. But listen, the last the, the the state of our basketball program for the past decade, in my mind, is enough for Alden to cost Alden his job. Even if he hadn't stepped down, you know, when you look at we hired Quinn Schneider, we hired uh, Mike Anderson, Frank Haith, and now Kim Anderson. It's like at some point we got to hire somebody who's a definitive, proven commodity. You know what I mean? I just listen. I like the Kim Anderson hire from the standpoint I like hiring the hometown boy, somebody who who. If he has success at Missouri, like Pinkle, is probably going to stick around for long term. But that our record to the past decade, the 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 botched abortion that has been this basketball program for the past decade, and the coaches that this man has chosen to hire, you know, going against the advice of men like John Sumble, who said hire Bill Self when he wanted to hire Quinn Schneider, you know, the state of the basketball program for me, you know, I was wavering on my support for Alden. Yeah, I I think Alden's. <clears throat> 
what Alden leaves is uh, his track record or whatever you want to call it is Pinkle, right? When you look yeah. back, that has been the single greatest Higher. thing that has happened yeah. to Mizzou athletics, at Absolutely. least in the last what twenty years, probably more, if not more than that. Nineteen sixty, right? probably last time we. So, <laughs> so when yeah. you when you count that and the then the ripple of that, right? So the facility upgrades that have come from it. Let's be honest, the SEC thing. Even though, you know, yeah, he helmed us into it, as using your words there, if Pinkle had not had those 10-win seasons, well, and we're Brian, not getting invited The, the truth is, is I, you know, we didn't go to the SEC as much as I think the SEC came to us. The SEC let us in. It, was, it wasn't like we, we broke down the door. It was kind of like... Will you, will, we need you know, another team. We need another team. Would you guys like to? Would you guys like they to be that? All, all it had to market. do was go. Fuck yeah, we want that. Yeah, they wanted the St. Louis market. So I, I think you're right, Brian. I mean, the, he, Alden's got his detractors, and he's got the guys who like him. Uh, I think the people who like him would say he's done a lot of uh, fundraising for athletics and improving facilities. He's done the the football team has resurged after decades in the dark, and um, the the Olympics. Olympic programs, you know the the uh, the wrestlings, the softballs, the volleyballs of the world have done really well under his helm. He's taken them to the SEC. Now, I do agree that a lot of the success can be trickled down to hiring Pinkle and football team having success, and everything else is sort of uh, reaping what you sow, like the SEC uh, becoming available to us. Ten win seasons, the fundraising. Because and the facilities the become well or, or blow off. Yeah. One begots the other, or what have you. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll give him this: I, I do think those uh, sports that I don't care about, but are important to an athletic department because of the scholarships and, and mm-hmm. all the other things. I think he had put, has put a lot of effort into making those. But on some the, of the tops in the on country. the other side of that, though, is some of this off the field stuff, off the court stuff, whatever you want to call it, with the Title Nine. You know the sexual assaults and well, I think that's one thing. I don't know if this is true or not. And suspended, and but how the how the athletic department as a whole has handled that. I think overall, I I think Mizzou athletics is in a in a better spot because of Alden. So I will say that you can't be as one place seventeen years and have not everything. Skeletons. Yeah, and so so I think he's going to leave here. And and what happens when you go is that your 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 reputation improves every year that you're gone. Yeah, sure. And so I think it could very well go down as one of the top ad- administrators. Can we? T- I want to mention so. one more thing. Um, his wife's hair. <laughs> Good lord, have you seen that beehive? It's. It, <laughs> she has been the Marge Simpson of Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> I will miss that. Yeah, well, absolutely. She's still going to be around. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true. You know, it's not like they're going anywhere. He's he's going to be teaching, and I put that in quotation. At the press conference, the I literally saw hornets teaching. climbing in and out of her hair. Yeah, no, they live in there. It's <laughs> the good thing too is if you're at the at the library or at the Rocket. grocery store, you you can see her several aisles down. Yep, because of the the skyscraper that's going on upstairs. <laughs> it looked like the you, spider web. If of you're hair. if you're old enough to know um, the Flintstones cartoons, the um, Barney and Fred belong to uh, some sort of fraternal organization where they wore buffalo hats it with little horns on the side it kind of looked like that a little bit mm-hmm. it, it looks a little like a russian you know winter hat. yeah exactly yeah. only made of straw rather than, <laughs> than spun gold and rat fur but yeah yeah you know for a All podcast where we didn't have a game to talk about or a season we have gone excessively long we are blowhards there's no question about that <laughs> we sure are <laughs> so we can, uh, yeah we can talk about anything we can pontificate on just about anything for however long you are willing to listen 
But I think we have probably covered all the garbage that's been going on without football. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am starved for college football. Oh, my God. It's only February. Guys, uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off for what could be a no, very long I'm ready. Winter? I'm, 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 thank you so much for your support. Uh, this is the, the support for the show has been overwhelming. We are, we are really happy with it, and uh, we hope you guys are happy with it. I can't wait for college uh, football to start back up so we can start doing this regularly. I mean, I, now I have to waste my time you know, writing death threat letters to Paul Feinball scrolled in my own shit. And raising your kids. Well, yeah, that too. Um, but mm. anyway, I, I'm, priorities. I'm so ha- <laughs> Priorities. But anyway, so uh, thank you so much, uh, fans. Uh, continue to listen. Tell a friend. Uh, let people know uh, the Mazadcast is here. And if you need if you need more, I would recommend checking out our Twitter account because you get snippets. I mean, you're not yeah. going to get a full show there, but you get, you get snippets. It's like a drug deal. You get a taste. Yeah, yeah. taste yeah. is free. Yeah. yeah, first taste is free. Yeah. So it, that that can maybe hold you over. You know, you're having a rough day. You feel like you know punching a cat in the face or something like that. And well, we don't necessarily discourage you from doing that. You could also look at some of our tweets, and that might drive you to punch that cat in the face. Thanks again for listening. I'm Brendan Steenbergen. I'm Colin Steenbergen. And I'm Brian. And go Tigers. Tigers.